Welcome to this 16th episode of the Future Barn Podcast. Today I'm talking with uh, Zach Hunter, uh, who is one of my oldest friends in the world, um, and certainly one of my best friends in the world. Um, we talk about his his uh, job as a letter carrier with the United States Postal Service. We talk about uh, the Indiana Pacers. We talk about K-pop. We talk about the election. We're all over the place. Um, you know, I like... I think another thing about these conversations on this podcast are uh, capturing the conversations I'm having in my everyday life as much as possible, and I think this one really does it. Uh, the joking, the way Zach and I joke, um, the the way we kind of jump around topics, um, and then hopefully the comfort that we have uh, chatting with each other comes through. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great episode. I'm really happy of it uh, today. When this episode comes out, will be Zach's birthday. Um, so happy birthday to Zach. Um, and whoever your best friend is, maybe today's a good day um, to check on them, uh, to tell them you love them, um, and maybe if you can, spend some time with them. Um, so happy birthday to Zach. Thanks again, as always, to Creeping Pink uh, slash Landon Caldwell for letting us use the song Free Yourself as the anthem for the for these episodes. Um yeah, thank you for to the Patreon supporters for their continued support of the work I'm doing, including this podcast. Uh, and thanks to all you for listening. Um, hope you have an awesome week. Um, take care of each other. Take care of yourself. Uh, be well. So I'm here with Zach Hunter. Is it Hunter or Hunter? Hunter. Uh, Zach is um, one of, is my best friend and has been one of my best friends since we were like, what, 13? Um, and he's also a K-pop uh, uh, enthusiast. Phenom. Phenom. <laughs> no, you're not in K-pop. You're a fan of K-pop. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear. And, uh, and is a mail carrier and is um, many other things. Uh, and so we're going to talk, uh, I wanted to bring Zach on, um, to talk, 
This is also your birthday week. Um, this no, no. I haven't told you this, but this episode will come out on your birthday. Oh crap! Um, I I set you up. Oh man. Um, but I gave him it's this book. Gotcha it's the unauthorized biography of BTS. Which in have we found out what BTS? Uh, well, the introduction's called Bang Tan World. Bang Tan World. Bang like banging. Yeah. And tan like you got a tan. Like you got a banging tan. Okay. But uh, banging tan world. But I don't that, know what the T and S stand for. What's that W? Hey, BTW? No, <laughs> it's just it's T uh, BTS Bang Tan World. I'll go ahead and take a wild guess that the Bang Tan is a uh, the B. Tanks. Here's here's a question. Do you Super have question. to be Korean to do K-pop? Ooh, probably I would assume. Or are we calling K-pop its own style now? So I can like if I went over and became like a pop phenom in Korea, would I be a K-pop musician? I'm not sure. Yeah, ha- I don't know. Or could you just sit in your uh, garage and make music that sounds like this and call it K-pop? Um, you could be K-pop influenced, but I think the culture of it is important. I imagine you could you could dress like that. They got all hockey jerseys on. I think. They all look alike. Do also. I wear a lot of hockey? This jerseys? guy's got a hat from like a Sugar Hill Gang. Uh, yeah. Um, so and so Zach just came over after a long day <laughs> delivering mail. St- still got his ma- mail carrier shirt on. That's the right term, right? Is mail carrier garb? Uh, Not mailman. Letter carrier. Letter carrier. I think it's supposed to sound more official. That's the. But I carry more than letters. You do, yeah. Well, you recently carried a lot of uh, magazines, stuff for elections. Yeah, is that political mail? That the political mail. Yeah. So here's the thing I was thinking about today, Zach, is and you're gonna hate me for bringing this up, but you spent your whole life avoiding uh, compare comparisons to Kevin James, and then you became yeah. a, a letter carrier, which is he was known for in that King of Queens show. Well, he delivered parcels only. Okay, so I he was like more like UPS. UPS. Well, he worked for IPS, which is he fake UPS. Fake UPS. They're lazy. <laughs> that may be controversial, but all they all do is right. packages. All right, let's get that on the aggregators going. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope there's not a lot of uh, UPS fans out there. No, like to this. 50 people listen to this. Um, Someone and 25 of them are my mom. I guarantee half of these people think that UPS is better than Fed- us. We're Maybe. all better than FedEx. FedEx is the worst. And, Besides, okay, Amazon's the worst, then FedEx, then UPS, then we're actually the best. What what makes... We take more crap, though. Yeah, what... I guess that leads me to... Because, you know, we actually had lost touch a little bit, and cause, mostly because I was um, a psychotic weirdo for a, a period of my life, and we kind of separated for a sec. And kind of around the time you, like, became... Got in this job, what was... What was, like made you think like that's that's the job for me that's that's the life for me i don't know what about it no i've uh get good exercise it pays well it's yeah how many miles work. do you walk a day uh probably about seven on my route but yeah i've got a route that's half driving half walking so you so, but you walk a lot, like so yeah. yeah nice exercise good pays well you don't have to think a lot which i like i can use my <laughs> mind for Having fun and uh, not focus on work. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, no, I'm just curious about. Uh, that's something I like to talk when we talk about jobs on here. I like to like just what, yeah, what, why, why that job? Um, so yeah, I think those are good. So has anything 
how many years has it been? Uh, next February will be seven. So seven years. Or six and a half. What six and a half? Uh, mm. what? Yeah, have you? Has there anything? What's been going on lately that has changed or that you've been? Fr- I some weird stuff going on with the way it's being run. No, uh, is no, that off? Great, great people running the show <laughs> that I love all of. Okay. Um, next question: What can we do as male recipients to make life easier <laughs> on y'all? Uh, don't talk to us about the weather. Don't talk to you about the weather because you have to talk about the weather to everyone. Well, I literally speak to this woman every single day, every day, about yeah. how the weather is, and it's the same conversation. But there's a good chance you might be the only person she sees every day. Probably. And that's why I'm not rude to her. And yeah. plus, I don't know, it's stupid to be rude to people, but... Yeah. Uh, it doesn't yeah, it's just, do any good. I don't know. I like. I prefer the women on the route who know I have kids, so that way they'll talk about my kids instead. Okay. Because I don't like to have uh, conversations with people. <laughs> well, you don't uh, like like small talk. You don't like, no. like ways to talk. You like to have like actual conversations. Well, I don't have anything in common with this lady. Sure. So we don't have anything to talk about um, besides the weather. So we're not talking. So, so maybe don't interrupt your route with small talk. What else? Um, you you've mentioned get a pen pal and write some letters to him. Oh, mail volume's going down. Oh, I, get the mail volume. So we should be mailing stuff. I yeah. like mailing stuff. I I and like receiving mail and I like sending out mail. Um, I know there's been a rise in. Uh, Ever since a certain person attacked the post office, there's been a rise in uh, pen pals and stuff. So, uh, I don't know. People buying stamps, oh, I be- guess. Okay. Um, all right. Enough mailman talk. Uh, Donald Trump's who I'm talking about. You're talking he about hates Don- all of us. He especially does, mailmen. He doesn't, seem to especially re- today. he doesn't seem to respect... Anyone. Um, right. You. No. But I... In a personal level, yes, I've met him. <laughs> yeah, no, in a, it, he doesn't respect your or sexually what? your profession. Wait, what? <laughs> no, he doesn't respect me at all. No, um, we're losers. That's fine. And my dad didn't give me a bunch of money. So yeah, so I get I, you want to talk about Trump because we were we were kind of having this conversation. So we're on the precipice of we just had it, basically the election's been called for Biden. Yep. Trump is doing this thing where he's Come already um, saying that it's uh, a, fra- a fraudulent election, that he should have won, blah, blah, blah. So it hasn't con- said he's not going to concede. So we're, that's, that, so we're kind of in this weird place of like, you know, I've seen people dancing in the streets and happy and um, celebrating, but then it's also there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Um, just to get it validated, um, but yeah, where where are you at in all this? You're a you're a nice liberal boy. Yeah, I love uh, love liberal people to an extent. Yeah. No, I I don't know. <laughs> no, I uh, well, I think it, my biggest problem with Donald Trump isn't even his politics. Okay. As much as it is his disregard for anyone that's not him like his overall demeanor yeah he hires the best people that he calls and then 
a month later he hates them and they're the worst person he's ever seen. So mm-hmm. either he's hiring bad people in the first place and he has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. Or these people are turning on him because they realize he's an incompetent turd and is evil. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think you and I are similar. It comes down to... It's amazing to me, I've been saying this, and I've said this on here and I've said this other places, that just basic decency isn't like the prerequisite yeah. for the highest office in the land. If we're well, gonna call if we're saying we have the best country and this is the most important position, why is just just being a decent person not a requirement? Well I mean he gets followers who are pseudo tough guys because uh-huh. they carry a gun. Which doesn't make you tough. It makes mm-hmm. you an idiot. Yeah. But which is fine. Shoot guns all you want, but not at people, and you shouldn't be intimidating anyone with it. So but, Zach Hunter, shoot guns, but not at people. Right. Or at probably any building or anything else that uh, you shouldn't shoot at. Shoot at a target or an animal if that's the kind of thing you do, but not like a dog. Yeah. Not, but, no, I. He's just. He's awful. And his people, he brings the worst side out of his people. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he brings the worst side out of Democrats. You have people, th- their sole job right now they're doing is getting on the internet just to shit on everyone else yeah. because they think it's funny. And I'm not being, I'm not going to lie, I do think it's funny, partially. But it's like, this is just the way it is. Everyone is against each other. Yeah. And that's the way it's, I mean, looks like the way it's going to be with him around. Yeah. Well, you, know, you mentioned him bringing the worst out in his supporters. And and I think another really unfortunate thing is he brings the worst out in everyone else as well is in the other side, the our side or the yeah. liberal side because there's often this this kind of like the guards down and so now everyone it's like a free for all and everyone's yeah. making fun of everyone and everyone's denigrating everyone um and yeah and I've been trying to figure this out and a guy like Sam Harris, who has a podcast called uh, Making Sense, he did this little thing where he kind of figured out a little bit of the Trump mentality. And I thought you might be interested in this, Zach. Uh, the Trump supporter mentality, where we spent a lot of that side uh, spend feels like the liberal side is constantly like telling them what they're doing wrong and telling them what's wrong with them, and which is. May or may not be true, true yeah. but but it is telling you know. So you got this one side telling yeah. you what's wrong, and then also trying to hold themselves up. The Democrats are trying to hold themselves up as morally superior, you know, having better character, uh, and so then they feel a little put down. But then so Trump comes along and says, like that's all off the table. Yeah, you're I'm right. not judging you. Yeah, we're all. This is who we are. Yeah. And and doesn't ask anyone to be better, and so then they they feel comfort in that, and that does make a lot of sense. So what? So my thing is, you know, we have people in our lives, uh, in our personal lives, in our families who are on that other side. So what do we do to make to to make them feel less attacked, but also hold them more accountable for being decent people? Well, I. I think part of the problem is a lot of like liberals now are feeling like they need to, you know, they've been attacked for four years and, uh-huh. oh, you're a snowflake and all this stupid yeah, shit. So they go do that over and over again. And now it's like they're getting 
you know, they're essentially becoming the bully now because who they wanted win. So now, and the part of the problem is you always have people, and I, I, I've always thought this was like the whole problem with the American, I, I don't know, the, the way Americans view themselves. Uh-huh. And I think that's part of the problem is Americans view themselves as the best. Yeah. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you, you think that you're better than everyone else. Not everyone, obviously. But they think they're better than everyone else. Yeah. And I think you'll have... We're the greatest li- nation in the world. Yeah. We're the... And it's like... Even if it's not true. There's no humility behind it. Yeah. You'll have people who... I mean, not to, you know, downgrade these people, but I would call them less than savory individuals. And they... <laughs> okay. You know, they... Uh, you know, they, they these are the people who... I most often see the loudest about how great we are. Yeah. These are people who refuse to work. These are people who, and I'm not saying that that's most Republicans, yeah, yeah. but there's plenty of people that refuse to work and we're the best. We're the best. We're, I mean, first of all, why do we need to be the best? Yeah. Why can't we be okay with being, why do we need to rank ourselves well, amongst yeah. other countries? And I, I've always thought people should look at themselves as, oh, this, I'm a human, this person's a human, not I'm an American. Like, you, I don't like identifying myself as an American in the sense that that means I'm better than you. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could come from anywhere in Africa and be twice as smart as I am, or a nicer person, or better at, I don't know, drawing a picture. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that person's not, you, you don't ever, I mean, I guess I don't go to Africa, so I don't know. Yeah. But Africans normally aren't like, I'm the best. I'm the best at everything. Yeah. America sucks. And it's like... Well, it's, he, it's the just a bully mentality our country has, and he's letting it out in people. Yeah. Well, do you you know that's interesting because maybe pe- other countries are a lot of people have other shit to do, like they have to worry about where their food's coming from or it's making a privilege sure that our country has. Yeah, we have this privilege where we yeah. can just go. Well, we have time to sit around and peck away on Facebook. We have time to to like look around and judge. And this is the reason why a lot of, I think of American standards are slipping is because we're too busy talking about how good we are. Yeah. Instead of like, you know, what do we invent? What do we ever do anymore? Our country doesn't do anything. And it's because we're too busy talking about the things that we've done yeah. or how great we are. Yeah. It's like, and I, it's like, if you admit that we need to like, say, be better at uh, science or we need to be better at uh, empathy we're yeah. saying that, oh, well, then what's wrong? Why are you saying there's something wrong? Yeah. And well, it's like, it's okay to admit that yeah. we have gaps in, yeah. our, in our knowledge and in our, well, in our abilities. Many, there's too many people who think that, you know, I'm the best. My, and I honestly, I think this is starting to become a thing with like parents now. Is with the younger generation, a lot of time you'll see parents go and talk about, my kid's the best, my kid's the best. And it's like, you're setting your child up for a bad life when they get older and they realize that they're not the best. And that... They will be made fun of and they will be. It's almost like you need to prepare your child for what's actually out there, not we're the best. And then it just grows into them becoming adults. We're the best. Yeah. If and, you're, you're, and if you're default the best, then what are you working for? Yeah, exactly. Um, you might as well just not be here if you're, if oh, you're I'm just, already the best at everything. Yeah. And it's like, but yeah, I hate, I hate the idea of I, I should, any American achievement that's ever happened, I shouldn't be able to hang my hat on that. I didn't do it. Uh-huh. Someone else did it. They should have the achievement. I shouldn't. Yeah. It's like, you know, LeBron James won the championship. I don't get to claim an NBA ring because he's an American and so am I. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, 
And it's like, you know, you don't, you, and that's the other thing. You don't need to strive for greatness. You don't do what you want. And it's as what it, it's as simple as it should be. Whatever makes you happy is what you should do. Yeah. But I honestly think more people would be more happy instead of just being all over social media, complaining and hating each other. They'd be more happy actually doing something. Yeah. That's actually productive. You know, yeah. And that kind of segues me into something I definitely wanted to talk about was, uh, that's one of the reasons I value our friendship so much, um, is because since the moment we met, we've been doing stuff together. Uh, and it also reminds me, because you mentioned uh, people who are, are not necessarily the best, the most, the, some yeah. least savory people, which probably describes me at 13 when we met. Um, tried fighting. So, for, well, yeah. So what is your... With weapons. What's your first <laughs> memory of me? Um, first memory of you. First I impression. knew of you before that. Uh-huh. Because I... Seen you. I mean, we didn't go to the same elementary school, but... So, yeah. So, we... Sixth grade, we started in middle school together. Right. I don't think I had an impression... Yeah. ...of you. I mean, you weren't really on my radar. Not like I have uh, almighty <laughs> I radar. I wasn't on your social calendar. No, no but... Um, no, no, generally, no one's on my social calendar. Yeah, no, you're good. Not because I'm above them, but... But I'm not, I, I'm not I, an American I, I kind of wanted you to tell this story of... How, and this just shows how... <laughs> stupid and how (laughs) just it's an important story of like growth for me of when we met what how did i introduce myself to you well we were in a health class yep and i don't i don't even know how it even began but it came to a point where we were arguing about something yeah we were arguing about something and then for some reason you insinuated that you wanted to fight me <laughs> to prove you were tough and you know i i can be occasionally proud in time so obviously i didn't think you could beat me up yeah so i and told I you couldn't at that time. i told you you weren't gonna be able to beat me up yeah and then you said you were gonna bring weapons <laughs> and uh so 13 year old tyler and i probably said something along the lines of only a sissy brings weapons which is also a stupid thing to say but yeah yeah uh well, I just love that story because um, it just really shows the place we came from. Yeah. Where like, you know, you've had this in your family, and I have my family, and, and certainly in our school, this kind of like. All I wanted was to be your friend. Yeah. But my only way to do that was to like challenge you, and because I remember very specifically being like, "This is this is a dude I want to hang out with," but. I don't know what to do to be like, hey, you seem nice. You yeah. want to hang out? And then, and then somehow it like quickly transitioned from me threatening you with weapons to like, then we're like hanging I, out all the time playing sports. I specifically and, remember how it changed. You we do? would buy suckers in class for a quarter. Uh-huh. And you'd get, you know, caramel apple pops, blow pops, whatever. I had one. I had a quarter and I was I don't know, flipping there doing something stupid. And... I do not remember who it was, but he grabbed my coin. <laughs> this is stupid. Uh, so he grabbed the quarter, uh-huh. and he was acting like an idiot. So I was trying to get it back from him. And then you were like, yeah, give it back to him. <laughs> so, yeah, give it back to him. <laughs> something along that line. Yeah, that's how I said it. It wasn't exactly how it went down. But uh, I think you thought that I was going to think that you were tough by trying to help get my quarterback. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is, you know, a stupid childish thing to think. But, uh, I, I mean, I got my quarterback on my own. But yeah, let the record know. But 
And then uh, you asked me to hang out at your house. And I remember thinking that this feels like a setup. His dad's going to shoot me. And then your dad was nothing like I thought it was going to be either. <laughs> yeah, my dad is nothing like most people assume no, he is. No, no. He's the great guy. Uh, Jeff Gobble, redneck. Gref guy. Gref, Gref guy? <laughs> Gref, great, Gref Gobble. Great guy. Jeff Gobble, great guy. Jeff, Top line guy. Try saying nice that guy. five times fast. Gref Gobble, great guy. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so since then we've developed it. I, I consider you like my forever friend in sports because we have, we have somehow uh, like shuffled our way into these sports that are like, I think we're going to be able to play until we're dead. Old men's sports. So... We play disc golf together, tennis, ping pong, uh, and then recently we've gotten into pickleball, kind of replacing tennis because tennis is two times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we tr- yeah we try to get into pickleball and shooting hoops. Um, those are all sports that we'll be able to play till we're old. Um, and so I just yeah. Uh, so I always appreciate that about you, and that I think that goes back to like. We go and do that instead of just sitting around and like bitching about politics or, right. or it's kind of what we're doing. All yeah, bit, but. instead of doing this all the time, we yeah. do this while we play. Right. Um, yeah, and so I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what my question is there, but it's better to be constructive than destructive. Great. There you go. Is that, I think that, is that a Mahatma Gandhi? No. Uh, That's a poster in Mr. Hopple's class. Oh, really? No. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Mr. Hopple is our beloved tennis coach and computer teacher. Wizard. Uh, Computer, yeah. And, but anyways, so let's talk about disc golf. Yep. Uh, I had Michael Downhower on here recently, and, uh, you know, he's in the Elwood Disc Golf Club. Uh, What... What do you like about disc golf, Zach? Why why do we why do guys like us like disc golf? Why are like white guys in the Midwest like obsessed with disc golf? Um it's cheaper than golf. It's affordable. You get to go out in the woods, hang out. Not yeah. that that's a creepy kind of sounding thing, but No, it's fun to yeah, just like go outside and get some camaraderie, you're in nature. It's a sport that's not taking a lot, so you can talk, chit chat. Yeah. You can and not, hang not out. necessarily for us, but another thing is for some folks. It's a place you can uh, smoke and drink while you play, yeah. which like you can't do while you're Sinners. like playing tennis. Yeah, <laughs> you can't like have a beer. Yeah, uh, while you're like serving forty love. You yeah. know, it's kind of uh, so. I think that it's relaxing in that way. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, it's it's like you said earlier, it's hanging out, but incorporating something else. Yeah, it's kind of like killing two birds with one stone. You're not just Sitting there talking, you're getting mm-hmm. something done. Yep. Getting a nice walk in. Yep. You and your walk. Losing too. a lot of discs and getting mad and Yeah. So you've made you've made some big strides. Uh you were what some would call a hothead when we were younger. At yourself, not at other people, but mm-hmm. yourself with sports. You get fr- easily frustrated with your sport. We were probably we were high school uh doubles partners uh, in tennis. And I think people always enjoyed the there was always this kind of contrast between you and i because i took it way more seriously than you <laughs> that was for sure you took it way more seriously um but i also just don't i'm not competitive in that sense i i'm i'm out for something different and 
you would get frustrated, but you have grown a lot in that. Um, and I see it in disc golf where uh, when you have down rounds or rough holes, you, you know, Zach of yesteryear would have left. I'm just not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not as vocal about it. You're not, well, but that's part of growing up is, is I'll keep it in. Keeping it bit. in and <laughs> until it comes out in road rage or something. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but what, so what are the courses around here? What are, what are your favorite courses in like central Indiana that you like to play? Well, Elwood's obviously nice. You like uh, you, variety. It's the most, by far the most frustrating course. Uh, yeah, for those that don't play disc golf or haven't played Elwood, like it's, it seems easy because it's short. Right. And like it's like oh there's the basket 180 feet away, and but you, the, it's like low ceiling, narrow fairways. And you can throw it 20 feet on accident. You can hit a tree 20 feet away. Yeah. Um, yes, and but I also think that's what makes it so fun is right. because when you make that shot, that real smooth through the low low gap or something like that, it just makes it really uh, satisfying. Yeah. Um, but it's not a great place to learn. No. We've been taking our some friends of ours who, our friend Josh, who is learning how to play golf, to Tipton, right. to the Heartland Church, and that's like the complete opposite of Elwood. It's yeah. also short. It's like Terrible. Elwood if you just mowed down all the trees. Um, <laughs> if you like. But some of the holes are even shorter. Yeah. And so it's short, it's open, it's fun. So that's yeah. a great place. I always tell people to go to learn. Um, yeah. But what about some of the other ones? What's another well, favorite course? A here? good learning one if you're in Noblesville is Morse Beach. Yep. There's, I mean, you can't lose a disc there. Uh, you have, you have a thing about losing discs. Right. I don't like. Well, I don't like to go find them because. Yeah. I don't like to get my feet wet. Well, I someone I was water. talking to uh, this guy Sean Lovelace who was my fiction professor in college who also kind of introduced me to disc golf. He said, you know, people think it's like losing a ball, like in ball golf. Right. But it's actually like losing your club. You're like throwing your club into the water. Yeah. <laughs> or throwing your club. I mean, into I still the think they're more affordable usually. Well, it's affordable, but the the feeling of it right is like because this is like you get used to this is how this works. Right. And I use this all the time, uh, and so when you lose it, it's a heartbreaking feeling. Um, I've seen you lose a couple, throw a couple, a couple in the woods and throw some water. Yeah. It's not a fun. It's not a fun. The feel. lesson is throw bad discs on water holes or cheap ones. You know, I can't, ones you don't like. I can't get into that. I no, can't. I, I can't, can't either. That's why I keep losing I the good buy, ones. I can't buy into that because I want to. Because I'm probably going to definitely mess up then because I'm not used to throwing that disc and it doesn't fly. I don't know how it flies and I don't yeah. know how it works for me. Um, yeah. So we're also staring at a ping pong table. It's the only thing we've done so far. Just stare right at it. Um, and looking table here in my garage, and we have a lot of memories playing ping pong together as well. I remember in school. Did it feel like we got to play an inordinate amount of ping pong in school in high school? Yes. In my memory, is like well, it was like we don't know what to do with these kids. Give them a ping pong table. Well, I remember when we did eye step testing. Yes. And if you passed your freshman or sophomore year, whatever year you do it uh -huh. first, you never had to do it again. Yes. So every year they'd let you play ping pong or badminton or whatever. And you but it was for like four days in a row. Yeah. And all you did was like play ping pong. Mm -hmm. Did it in gym class. 
was about it, I think. But I mean, we went to Clark's house and played a lot. I had a ping pong table for a minute. You had a ping pong table. Yeah, friend, everyone had a ping pong table. Yeah, this was Josh, our friend Josh Lee's ping pong table that he gave to me. Uh, yeah, and then a bigger version of ping pong is pickleball, and we I've talked about it like we're like experts. We played like twice, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we're translating our tennis skills, our high school and college tennis skills. And our ping pong uh, enthusiasm for pickleball. Um, I would say more than enthusiasm. I call it a skill also. Th- oh, you think we got some ping table pong? tennis? Ping I pong? think I'm way better at ping pong than I am at tennis, technically. Really? I'd say so. Um, but yeah, I like pickleball. I'm excited to explore pickleball next year. I know pickleball is big here in Elwood because uh, Max Hopple's put in the work to have those courts put in. Down by the at the old skate park, uh, and people are into it. And it is that it feels like something I'm going to be able to do for a long time. We're like at my age, and then as I, I've gotten a little fat, tennis was getting a little like we could do it like once a week. But if I did it more than that, I was like pretty achy. Well, I've, I've weirdly thought in pickleball that it's like you end up using your back a lot more than you think. Ball doesn't kick up as high. Yeah, so you have to go down and get it more. So it's got to get a good stretch in. It's also the second time Max Hopple's been mentioned. He's he's gonna be he's pretty famous. He's like the ghost of podcast. The ghost of the podcast. Ghost of uh, pickleball future. Right. Um. So yeah, look forward to playing more pickleball with you. Another thing. See, you're just so good about doing stuff, and that's what I always aspire to do. And I think I hold you up as an example with your pottery. So what? No, it's fine. Zach has recently gotten into pottery. Yeah. Um, and what I, I love about you is that you're all in. You had never even done it, and you were like, I'm buying a kiln, I'm buying a wheel, I'm buying... You just you went for it. And you're like, this is a thing I'm going to... What made you so confident that this was a thing you were going to like? Because uh, I would not have the guts to do that. I mean, I thought there was a chance I wouldn't like it, but I don't know. I watched enough videos, watched a... British pottery show. Oh yeah, who's that guy you're into? The Keith, potter. Well, there's a few. There's that you know. Who I'm My favorite about. one's Keith Brimer Jones. No, He's, but it's like somebody the potter. Oh, John the Potter. John the Potter. He's got a YouTube channel. Okay, but uh, no, the best one. That's Keith Brimer Jones. He's a host of uh, Great Pottery Throwdown, available okay. on HBO Max. Really? Yeah. There's a show on HBO three. Max. It's three seasons. The fourth one's being filmed now, but he's one of the judges. Uh, but. He, Is that like he hashtag me, squad goals? Like no, you he, and oh gosh, no. No, you have to be on. British to be on there. But oh. well, I don't know if you have to, but it's in England, so I'd have to go take off for a while. Sure. And no, they these people would thirty times better than me. Well, sure, but they've also probably been doing it thirty times as long. But you're like what, six months in? Yeah, about 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 so. Yeah. Um You know, I've never actually watched I've watched you like paint stuff or put stuff in the kiln or but actually, like throwing—is that the word? Yes. Right, throwing on a wheel. On a wheel. Yeah. Uh, doing that kind of stuff. Uh, is that like meditative for you? Like, does it kind of clear your mind? Does it kind of? Yeah, I mean, is, well, it's, is that a way you can relax? It's, it's nice because you're not. Well, I usually have a million things running through my head. When you're doing that, you're focused on that. I normally have a little music playing in the background. Yeah. Got my pottery mix. Yeah. Call it the pottery B mix. You got a pottery mix. You, that's a. It's so, available. On... That's a potter's joke for anyone who likes to be a potter out there. But uh, pottery B mix. 
vmix is a type of clay oh but I, that's what i call my my youtube my youtube my apple music uh playlist so people can come and go and find this playlist no no it's a secret one it's, oh, only it's a mine. secret one no one can have it and don't ask what kind of I stuff is on the pottery playlist is it like inya oh god no uh just anything that uh, well basically so basically what i did was i went to my music shuffled it anything that wasn't crazy and like Anything that was a little slower, a little more calm. You like the calm. Yeah. For the pottery. Yeah. There's some songs on there that I was just like, okay, I'm putting this on. No system of a down. Oh, no. 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 I don't listen to Chop Suey by, well, making a bowl. <laughs> hey, that could work. I could. You could change the style completely. Right. Um, so what So what are you working on now? Like, what are you trying to learn? What are you, where, where are you at now? Because you um, were just doing, like, you were just kind of a cups. mix of bowls and stuff. But yeah. is there a certain... Are there certain techniques you're trying or certain things you're working um, on? I've messed with, or I've done different clays. That's the thing I've been using. I've been trying porcelain more. It's a lot harder to work with. Porcelain instead of clay? Well, porcelain's technically a type of clay. Oh, it's a type of clay. But uh, when you basically, the problem with porcelain, it doesn't hold up as well to like just slight movements and stuff. So you have to be a lot more like, a lot more like fluid with your motions. You can't be jerky. And so I've been using that. That's still difficult. So I'm, I'm still, I would say in the beginning stage of just trying to like more or less perfect the simple things. Yeah. Like bowls and, and what make are, them look better and better and get okay. better at glazing and okay. all that stuff. Um, and so for those of us that don't know, what are like the steps to go from like hunk of clay to thing in my cabinet that I can put food in? So you'll have, clay comes in a big box and then these big plastic bags, usually 25 pounds uh-huh. per bag. So you'll basically, I, I have a chart at home that's basically the amount of clay you roughly need for what you're doing. Okay. So if you want a big bowl, little bowl, cup, any of that. So you basically, you'll wire off clay, which uh-huh. is, you have a metal wire, it looks like you can slit someone's throat with it. You pull the clay <laughs> off with that and then you have a wedging table. So what you do is you take your clay and then you essentially, you kind of knead it like dough, but you put your palms into it and you roll it on it and you keep rolling it to get the air pockets out. Okay. Air pockets are your enemy. Because if you, once you fire it in the kiln, an air pocket will expand, blow up or crack. Yeah. So you basically wedge your clay. You have it measured into the sizes you want. You'll go to your wheel. Uh And then you'll basically take the clay, slam it down as hard as you can, as close to the middle as you can. And then you basically speed it up as fast as the wheel will go. You get your hands wet, you center it, which if anyone's ever seen a YouTube video of people like doing clay stuff, that's the first thing they do. Slam it down, you get it centered with your palms. So basically you want to keep it on a perfect axis. Okay. You don't want it to be like shaking side to side. Sure. And then you'll go from there. Like, so if you're making a bowl, you'll do that. You'll kind of flatten it out a little bit. You'll put a hole in the middle with your thumb but you got to make sure you're perfectly in the middle. You'll pull it open a little bit. Then you'll do a thing called pulling. You'll have a hand on the inside, hand on the out. You pull it up, you pull it up, you shape it. Yeah. And then you can either put your own foot on it or whatever. Like I, I have a tool. You can put it on the bottom, make it like a little decorative foot, or you can just leave it how it is. You wire it off. You let it set for, depending on how hot it is, where you are or whatever, it could be six hours up to like two days. If it's in my basement, because it's pretty, like, it's a basement, so it's a little more damp. Yeah. It'll take about two days. Then you take your bowl, put it upside down. You trim it. So you basically got to trim excess clay, make like a little, you carve a little foot into it with this uh, 
carving tool. Yep. Then you let that dry. Okay. It, let it dry as much as it will. You do what's called a bisque fire, first yep. fire in the kiln, which will completely dry it out. And that, so if you ever went to like a paint your own pottery place, yeah. and you grab the pottery, that is called bisque fired pottery. Okay. So it's done. Now, you basically put the glaze on like paint or dipping glazes. You put the glaze on it, you let it dry. You have to put a few coats on usually. Put it in the kiln. Make sure you don't have anything on the bottom or it'll melt to your shelf, which I've had a couple times. You'll do a final firing. And each firing, the bisque fires up to like 1900 some degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And then the final firing is about 2300. Wow. And then basically the glaze has like silicon in it, so it turns to glass and you're done. Okay. Then let it cool. It's so a long process. To what explain. I hear in what I hear in that too is, in my head, it's this like meditative, like Zen process. That might. But then you got ahead. things like you got things like slamming the clay. You got this like cutting someone's face off wire. You got the you got the fire of the kiln. Right. So it is does have some like uh, hardy yeah. aspects to it as well. Well, you take your normally when you slam it down, that's the, the aggression if you messed up the last item. <laughs> you take out your aggression from this and that. Yes. But I'm um, sure everyone's going to skip ahead of me talking about how a bowl's made. No, no, I don't think so. I, I, <laughs> I hope not. I, because I think it's, in, I think it's important to like, because I would have no freaking clue what, what it is. Like I, I didn't even know the answer to that question, even though I've been around you and that. Uh, so one of the things that I always encourage people, and I think you're good at this too, is, is like hobbies can just be hobbies can just be thing it doesn't have to be something you make money out of or right uh, do you ha but what are your hopes with what like when you got into pottery what did what did you hope pottery would be and what do you hope pottery can continue to be for you in your um life? i basically did do it to relax yeah. i don't want to get anything out of it. i i mean in an ideal situation, it would, well, part of the problem... Okay, now I'm just going into a tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay. Part of the problem is once you make things, yeah. you have things. <laughs> oh, and yeah. when you have things, you run out of space. Yep. So you either start getting away or selling them or yep. whatever. Um, and I don't have an interest in selling things. One, I don't want to... I just don't want to go through the process. So everyone's getting pottery for Christmas? Maybe. But... Yeah. Uh, I've been on a bit of a dry spell lately. I I've only thrown pottery probably. You just haven't had like, the time to do yeah, it, or the three stuff times you've been doing in the last three out. weeks. No, it's working out, but I just haven't done as much lately. But I just, I mean, ideally, but I, except for the fact that I don't want to sell it, it would be nice to sell it to get rid of it and to make enough money to continue to do it without having to use my own money. Yeah, which it's fairly because it could pay fairly for cheap. itself. Right. But I don't have any interest in selling it. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. I, you know, I have that problem too. Yeah, I recently had this collage show. And the reason I did it, and I marked everything. I sold everything for like five or ten bucks. Right. Because I just wanted to get rid of it. And that's, and I got rid of all but one piece. So yeah. I was really happy. But, because that is the thing. I've never been a visual artist. And with these collages now, I'm like, I just have like a room full of this crap. <laughs> and yeah. and I'm like, I did it for the process of making it, right? And which, which is I think, what I don't. Yeah. yeah, I like the process of making it. It's meditative. It's reflective, and it's doing something 
uh, productive, even though I don't really particularly care about the product right um aspect of it um well yeah so yeah it's there's real value in just doing things for the sake of doing things right well and that's i mean i i enjoy doing it but it's i don't enjoy selling and i don't want to yeah it's i mean i don't know yeah it's basically that's the bad part is it's almost like you're deval that's the only thing i kind of like is like i almost feel like i'm devaluing the work i'm doing yeah by just like throwing it in a corner well, it's like all the all yeah. the time that I spent in this, and now it's thrown in my basement in a corner or on a table that I don't care about. Well, that's why I think. It, and it's. I think you have because you're good at it already, and you you're gonna continue to get better. I think it's just such a gift to it's a gift to be able to give it to people. Like I think, like I would love to be your parents or <laughs> or other folks in your family or myself and receive hint hint receive bowls and cups i would love to just have a cabinet full of your stuff and that could build up through birthdays and christmases and um and so i think that is one of the nice things you're you're actually valuing it by letting it live out in the world yeah and other but and people will love it maybe not my dad <laughs> maybe, maybe not your no, dad. he said it's a waste of time maybe right. not your dad to him everything's a waste of time yeah he, and yet for, he doesn't do anything right <laughs> He watches TV. Yeah. But, um, but well, the the main reason I wanted to have you on, though, I think, is to talk about the NBA. You're one of my main NBA and Pacers buddies. We've gone to Pacers games together. Um, we watch a lot of the games together. Not next year, though, probably. Um, oh, as far as going? Right. Yeah, we're probably not. But what, we'll, we'll watch a lot of games. I think we weren't going to watch basketball oh, games no. together. It made me sad. No. Um, so let's, yeah, so let's talk about... The, I know I have several people on here who are who listen to this who are Pacers fans. Um, what do you? What grade would you give this last season for the Pacers? A grade? Yeah. Um, based off their expectations or based off of every Just one? The way it worked. I out. mean, I, honestly, an A minus. That's what I, I mean, was thinking. It's a. They could have. I mean, they. Faltered in the playoffs. I think the biggest problem, honestly, was Oladipo coming back actually being a problem. Yeah. Because they were like, for, for being people that never played together, most of them, Yeah, they were like humming along pretty well. And well, it's like when he came in, he was the ball was forced in his hands yeah. too often, and he looked out of sorts. And Well, what should the, be the starting lineup of Brogdon, Oladipo, uh, TJ Warren, Sabonis, and Turner... They hardly played any games, yeah. any minutes together the whole year until the playoffs. And then they're like, here you go. And yeah. then it's like... And Sabonis wasn't even there. And, oh, yeah. Sabonis wasn't even there. So, good, yeah, good point. And so so then you take out probably the best player of that. And you're forcing Oladipo back in. And now Oladipo is trying to play second fiddle um, or third fiddle. Um, yeah, I agree, though. Because... The that lack of mesh, like time to mesh, and just when like when TJ McConnell is playing like fifteen minutes a game, or Justin Holiday is starting playoff games. Yeah, I'm like, wow, for yeah. winning. Well, they're giving effect. Well, they win. Most of them are having pretty effective. They did minutes. great. Yeah, it's pretty incredible that a team where Justin Holiday's in your rotation. Yeah, it is, and TJ McConnell is your. Backup point guard, you're getting like 
significant run out of them, you know? Well, I mean, I, see, that's the thing. I looked at, like, the roster top to bottom. Yeah. And if you look at, like, everyone's expectations, almost every single player on the roster played above their expectations. Yeah. So if they come down to earth a little bit, that makes it more worrisome next year. But, I mean, I, I mean, besides TJ Leaf, and we're not even going to talk about him, but <laughs> he needs to go. Yeah. But everyone else, it's like they played better. And yeah. it's like, they, I don't know if it was, it had anything to do with Nate McMillan, who's gone anyway. But, yeah. I mean, they seem to be pretty, co- like, one of the more cohesive units for, like, ha- everyone. I mean, Brogdon's new, Lamb's new. Sabonis just went to the starting lineup. Yeah. Turner's being asked to play out of position. Yeah. And they're pretty good. Well, and what I think of, what I love about this team is, we have so many players in that. I just think about as like NBA 2K ratings, hmm. where in the 80s there are like low 80s. There's like six players. Yeah, and no other team has that. Well, we don't have a nine. Our problem is we don't have a 90. Yeah, we don't. And, we don't have that. Um, and sometimes Oladipo, there's expectation that he could be that. Sabonis sometimes looks like he could be that. Brogdon, people were like, huh? TJ Warren had his bubble burst. Yeah, uh, where. It looked like he might be a like top tier guy, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think. But I think a team, if we have the, that five starting lineup, I am really hopeful that if we do nothing and it's that five starting lineup, that's a pretty good. Those are all yeah. like, those are all good start. Like, I wouldn't. Miles Turner being your fifth best starter is not a terrible thing. No, yeah, that's a good. He's started on a lot of teams still. Yes, and and there are teams that want him. The Celtics. Yeah. Are wanting him, um, so I guess. So yeah, looking ahead, what do we what do we do? So Oladipo is going into his his final year of his contract, and he's gonna want max money. Yes, he's gonna want to uh, get a big contract and to be the guy. Um, you know, he's from Indiana, right? Or he went to college. Well, he in went to college. Yeah. yeah, and he was excited to come back and. Uh, and now maybe he's not as excited. I mean, uh, when you see him out there, he doesn't look like he's having a good time. Yeah. I think he wants, I think the problem is his first year where he actually was like the star of the team because the team had no one else. He would always be playing the hero and always be shooting everything and always have the ball in his hands. And now you have, first of all, you have Brogdon who should be running the offense. Guard. Yep. He, the offense should flow through him. And when McConnell's on the floor, he can do the same thing. Yep. Uh, and then I mean you've got Warren can get inside, so it's, it's like the bonus can run the offense out of the post. Yeah, so it's like I actually think I think he's out of place. Yeah. In this team. Yeah. I I don't I don't know if he works with this team. Yeah. And Miles so, Turner is out of place now that Sabonis and Stein. Yeah. Neither of them, I think it could go away from either of them. They need a shooting big man. So as a as a fan, what do you hope for? Uh, well, um. Well, first of all, I've seen what's it, Oladipo says he might want out anyway. So, and I know there's rumors that he might be going to like Miami or somewhere, but they're not going to give us who we want in return. Yeah. We're going to want at least like a Tyler Hero. And oh they my gosh! They yeah, won't they're even not going to give. give us they're Tyler not going to give him up, and they're not going to. I mean, if we, we need we need more shooters, we need more three point shooting. It's so. I mean, I know they're rumoring I mean, Gordon if they Hayward. They would give us Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero. I would, I would I would do it in a heartbeat for Tyler Hero. I would do it, yeah. Because he can just hang out and shoot threes. And he could be which there for a long time. Which is what we need time. sometimes, yeah. 
And I just feel like with Oladipo, it's just, I mean, he's like James Harden, but not as good as James Harden. But and not it's always, I want the ball volume. in my hand. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go inside. I'm going to make points. And you have four other guys who can do it too, just standing there wasting their talent. Yeah. They don't, he doesn't move the ball well well around the court. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, I don't see a fit for him. And I want Miles Turner to be replaced with a shooting big man. Yeah. Which is why you've mentioned it before, but Danilo Gallinari would be like a perfect replacement. Would be for awesome. Him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause the he's in his last year of his contract yeah. in OK in OKC. And I think that but the I thing is, I don't think they would want I thought he was a free agent. Is he? Th- or is he oh Maybe. last year he was in his last year. Yeah. And that that's why they were looking to move him. Well, yeah. I mean, looking at the free agent class, there's not a lot. So he's no. probably gonna get more money than he needs to, and Indiana won't give it to him. No, so we don't have the money. Right. Uh, we don't have any the room for it. Right. Um, but I yeah I think there are some trades to be had if they want. But I feel really optimistic because if we sit tight, we're gonna be okay. Yeah. It's gonna we're gonna make the playoffs. We're gonna be a four seed. We're yeah maybe I, a little lower with Brooklyn coming in, but yeah. Um, but if we're all healthy, yeah. I mean I think. Everyone's healthy, I just, they, but we also have a couple little moves to make. I I've heard us, I've heard some link to, I heard a rumor of Turner for the number two pick. Oof. Because this draft isn't very yeah. exciting, so and I don't and the Warriors don't want to mess with a nineteen-year-old kid. Right. They're ready to win a championship. I'm not sure Miles and, Turner would want to go there. But all day. he can shoot threes, and he can and he can uh, protect the rim. Yeah, he's perfect for them. Mm-hmm. And we will never have a chance to get a number two pick. No, no, because we'll no. never be that bad. No, we're always that's the hard part. Middle of the line team. That's what I always think about the Pacers, and uh, why well, I have the utmost respect and patience for him is that we're never we're never going to get big free agents because of the market we're in. Right. We're never going to get top draft picks because we're never going to be bad enough to get top draft picks. No, you need great drafting is what you need. Yeah. Because that's when we hit home runs occasionally when the team's like, oh, this might become a more of a destination when they got Paul George. We got Paul George. Ten. We could have had Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. That was, that was the pick mm-hmm. um, that we traded that pick for George Hill. And that's where they, Kawhi Leonard. Th- and that's why I think the Pacers always need to put their focus. You, your focus needs to be in – you know, finding the diamonds in the rough because you're always going to be picking 15, 16 ish area. Yeah. You need to find those and then you need to be able to develop these players because yeah. the only way you're ever going to get teams, I mean, Reggie was here and that's the, we had to have someone like him to get anyone to come here. Yeah. And then after that, it was just nobody wants to come. And I mean, that's the only way you can build a team is if you can somehow, I mean, Cleveland had LeBron James. That's why Cleveland became a destination. Yeah. So unless we can find a LeBron James, which they're hard to find, then... Yeah. And we're not going to get the number one pick to get a LeBron James. So you're going to have to pick... You're going to have to find good players. But that's why I'm like, if we could trade someone like Turner... If we could like package like a Turner and... They would probably also want Aaron Holiday, which might be too much. But like a Turner and a TJ Leaf for uh, the number two pick from the Warriors... Be incredible right. to have the chance to to get. Well, I'm saying, I mean, the, the, I've heard that a little bit, and I've also heard that they're like looking into Gordon Hayward, but for Turner, yeah, because the Celtics need a center. Yeah, 
And it's like, but I've also heard them talking about throwing like Oladipo in. It's like they definitely don't need Oladipo. They've already got also they Tatum have to give us Brown. They better give us more. Yeah, because Hayward's not worth that. Um, yeah, but what, he can shoot, which is nice. If you Pacers could, don't have great shooters, so let's just real quick, just uh, Oladipo. If you were okay, they say Zach, you're in charge of getting rid of Oladipo. What what are you trying to get for Oladipo? Well, I'm not going to get what I want, but. What I wanted what would is you, yeah. C.J. McCollum. You I've told CJ you a million times. <laughs> C.J. McCollum. I think he's a perfect fit. He doesn't need to have the ball yeah. in his hands. He can shoot. He's a good scorer, which is what they need. He's like a a, a more humble uh, Oladipo. They're similar. Yeah. And I, I like him. Uh, I mean, if I was shooting for the moon again, and if you're trading with Boston, I mean, they're not going to get rid of Jalen Brown, but that's someone who I would want because they're not giving her Tatum. But, I mean... You know, the rumor is that Jalen Brown may not be happy there, but oh I think, yeah, I think that was because of a stupid fight at the end of the season between him and Marcus Smart. Okay. Honestly, I'd take Marcus Smart for him, to be honest. I would, I would love that. That would be Mark. a bad trade on our Marcus high Smart school. would be awesome to have him. I'd love to have him on the... He's a good, he'd be a good pacer, but he, we'd be losing... He's a great pacer. We'd be he, losing that trade. Yeah, he's, he would be a great pacer there because he's not going to take shit from anyone. Right. Um, Which they, I don't think they want those players. Anymore. What about... Yeah, because the... Malice. Yeah, we've talked about this. The Malice in the Palace brawl with the Pistons years ago uh, has really, uh, the front office of the Pacers is like really uh, careful. Yeah, this is why Miles Turner gets as much promo as he does. Yeah, well, he's because he's one. a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yep. Um, are there any other things coming up in the in the new season? The new season, I just saw December 22nd. Yep. Dude, that is one of the shortest off seasons ever for any sport. Yeah. Well, um, I think they which the is Christmas great for Day fans. Yeah. I'm ready for basketball yeah. again. Um, but it weirdly feels like it's been a long time, even though it hasn't. Yeah, it just like literally yeah. just happened. But there was a huge gap before that. So. Uh, oh, I know that gap was awful. That was when when the season stopped, and it was at the end of April, and then or the beginning no. of April, beginning of April. Yeah, it was March sometime. I End think. of March. Yeah, and then for till like June. Say because the, well, the season end, well, the season was supposed to have ended April thirteenth. Yes. So, it did. They, and they cut off probably twenty some games. Yeah. Or so. So it might beginning of March maybe. I don't even know exactly when it was. But yeah. After Gobert decided to cough on a microphone. <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. First of all, anyone who got mad at him about that—that's ridiculous. I would do the same. He thing. didn't know the severity of the situation. Well, not only, yeah, not only that, but it's like. The likelihood that he happened to have it, yeah, I can understand why. He, I can understand why he could have that joke. It's just bad luck. Um, are there any other things in the NBA you're paying attention that you're excited for? You're paying attention to well this season. I'm curious about the Nets. I yeah. don't. I mean, every, I turned they've got on, a lot of pieces. I around. turned on Durant after he pulled the Golden State thing. Yeah, and I don't like Kyrie. But that's because I, I think Kyrie thinks he's the best player in the league, which I think a lot of players do. But yeah, he like the whole I'm leaving. I don't want to do this with LeBron. And then he goes to Boston. He I think derailed where they were heading for yeah. a while. And then he goes to Brooklyn and after and he trashes his teammates who got into the playoffs and they're worse when he plays. Yeah, obviously they'll be better when Kevin comes in because Kevin's yeah. second, third, fourth best player in the league. Yeah, so. I, I just don't like him. And but they have some, I love Steve Nash, yeah. so now I feel like I have to like them a little bit. And Amari is assistant coach. And uh, that's really interesting. So uh, you saw that Dan Tony's his assistant coach too. 
Mike D'Antoni is, is Steve, Steve Nash's assistant coach. That's bizarre. They were actually a basketball podcast I was listening to was joking like, wouldn't it be funny if D'Antoni was assistant coach? And like two days later, yeah, they signed him. And so Mike D'Antoni was the coach of the, what they called it, 10 seconds or less, 12 seconds or less uh, offense that Steve Nash and Amari Stadmeyer were a part of in yeah. Phoenix. Uh, yeah, and so... Yeah, so I'm interested in that. And they also have so many, like, they have some, like, young talent and, like, Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. They're two and good Jared players. Allen. I would take either of them for Oladipo, too. And Jared, yeah. LeVert or Dinwiddie. And I think they, the Nets would only do that because they want someone that seems a little more established. But I yeah. think those guys have shown they that they can do it in, like, a system where it's more like a team ball. You know, yeah. when they had that team where it was, like, D'Angelo Russell and... Well, it's, it's and honestly kind of how the Pacers when Oladipo came back. Yeah. Like they had, they were like running along, doing well, and then all of a sudden he's just like, what do we do now? Yeah. We've played this whole way, and all of a sudden you want the ball, and we don't get it anymore. Yeah. And, uh, so the Nets are interesting. Uh, I'm really interested in what happens with this Golden State thing. Because it's they have the. So you have a team that is. No one's talking about them years, as a championship contender. Two years removed from a championship. They have their big three there. Uh, they have whatever the heck Wig- Andrew Wiggins is, who Probably but is a guy gone. capable of yeah. scoring twenty points yeah. a game. Yeah. Uh, and then they had some last year when they were awful. They had these guys like that Eric Pascal guy was oh. like a finalist for Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have these young guys there around that can play. And then they have the second pick. Right. And then so it's like, but do they? Like I said earlier, I don't think they want like a nineteen-year-old. Here's my opinion: get a big guy, okay, like James Wise. No one's actually gonna agree with what I'm saying here. Okay, get a big guy, send Draymond packing. He's the reason Kevin left. It was the dumbest thing in the world. Whenever they argued, they should have said, "You're leaving. Kevin's staying. Kevin's twenty times better than you are." Yeah, he's literally the most overrated player, maybe of all time. Yeah, I do not like him. Yeah, he. First of all. He gets up everyone's ass on his team about, we've got to play hard. You scored 10 points a game, if that. Yeah. We're the best shooters maybe in league history. Like, I don't know. That's, that's, that's like me. Yeah, that's like me playing pickup basketball with LeBron James and being like, no, no, cut inside, cut inside. <laughs> He's going to tell me, shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah. I know better than you. Why are yeah. you even talking? And then, I, and then, but I'll refer to myself as the heart and soul of the team, like Draymond does. And then I'll get paid way too much money and, I'll pretend I'm better than Charles Barkley, which no one in their right mind would ever say. <laughs> and I like Draymond Green. I like those guys that kind of do a little bit of everything and who are a little uh, irrationally confident. Well, and yeah, and they talk about who's one of the best passing big men. Yeah, when you pass it to a guy who doesn't miss, you're getting assists. That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. You pass it to what maybe the best scorer in the league, Kevin Durant, or the two best shooters in the league. Yeah, so you think they should get rid of Draymond now and yeah. use yeah. and keep the pick? Well, you could package Draymond and the pick. Yeah, you could probably. I mean, you, you, I honestly think you could. I mean, if you were, you're talking about Miles Turner, I think Miles Turner fits better with those guys. Yeah, put him in, get rid of Draymond, go find another big somewhere else, and yeah. you can actually trade. First of all, Draymond's trade value is going to be way higher than it should be. Yeah, even though if anyone didn't notice, he didn't play last year because. I think he was hiding because he knew he wasn't great, but yeah, because he can't. He can't be a number one. No, he. I mean, whenever all your job is to catch the few shots they miss, 
and to tip a couple of them in. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, the defender is probably like, they're not going to miss, so he doesn't even try getting a position to rebound, so that's why Draymond gets a couple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably not actually true, but I hate Draymond Green. He's the worst teammate in the league. And Everyone talk about he's a podcast. He's a, he's a great teammate. If you're a great teammate, you don't get the best player, one of the best players in the league to leave. Yeah. But I also think Kevin Durant's a little touchy too, so. Well, I mean, I it's kind of hard but... if you've been told since you were a kid that you're like, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, where like your default is that you're great. Yeah. Like that's the base, that's where you started. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, if even in thinking or in ability, uh, it's kind of hard to be like humble and normal. Yeah. In that I can't. Well, imagine. plus he probably. I'm weird as hell, he and I like have no like fame. <laughs> no, but I mean, I can understand why. I mean, you know, that's like, I mean, to the Lakers again. That would be like Contavious Caldwell Pope screaming at LeBron James. Yeah. LeBron James isn't going to take that. Yeah. He's going to say, "Shut up! I run this team," which. Kevin was the best player on the team. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't know why Draymond thinks he needs to energize him up or something. Yeah. It, first of all, if you watch Kevin Durant play, he doesn't play with energy. Kevin Durant just goes down there and just throws up a shot, and you're like, it doesn't look like he's trying, and he makes yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And it's like he doesn't look like he puts an effort in. That's the way he plays. It's the way I think Anthony Davis looks too out there. But he doesn't try, and he's just great. Well, I'm sure he tries, but it doesn't look like he tries because yeah, he's yeah. so smooth. Yeah, it looks... Uh, but yeah, but yeah, driving him away—that's enough to get him out of there for me. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well. Okay. Well, so the last couple, the last thing I like to talk about is this idea of living in small towns, and you live in Tipton. Yep. And you're from Elwood, and I, we're here in yep. Elwood. Um, what What's your impression in the last? How many years have you lived in Tipton? Five. Five. Yeah. In your last five years living in Tipton, like, compared to Elwood or just in general, like, I always think Tipton just has this, like, bubbly, like, it's just a little more, it's just bubblier than Elwood. Um, There's... Yeah, kind of, I mean, I get that. It, Tipton's a little more compact than Elwood. Yeah. So Elwood's more spread out, but I just think there's just, I think there's a little less trouble in Tipton. Yeah. Which gives it a little more, like... I don't, know. I don't want to say charm. That doesn't really make sense. Well, when we fun. were like going and playing like pickleball in the park, like yeah. it was just like more people out, more yeah. people out, and all like the basketball courts had people, the pickleball courts had us, but yeah. the park had people. You know, pe- there were people walking through the park. Like everyone's cheering us on while we're playing. Yeah, people were. We had we started gaining a crowd. Um, yeah. No, but like there's just like there's just a little more. Like they turned up, it, it reminds me of like on a grill when yeah. you turn that flame up just a little more. It was just turned up a little brighter yeah. <laughs> um, over there. And uh, yeah, and I just think it's a, it's, it's a good, yeah, it's just a great little town. I, well, I think people just care a little more about the city there than yeah. they might hear. And it's bad because I, th- I think plenty of people think care about Elwood. Yeah. But there's plenty of people that don't. And yeah. that's the bad look to it. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, I um, think, and I think a key is caring about it even in the face of other people not caring about. It. Like, right. I'm going to keep caring about Elwood. Probably, remember, we were talking about irrational confidence with like yeah. Draymond Green. <laughs> I'm going to be irrationally confident about Elwood. Yeah. Um, to do that, and so I, so we're kind of wrapping up, and so 
the thing I always ask people at the end of these podcasts is something they wish for Elwood or, in your case, Tipton, that you think that you would like to see in Tipton or Elwood. Just I, I'm a big believer in the like saying it to make it come true and like putting it out in the universe to. It's one of those hippy dippy things, you know. Yeah. Uh, so what? Let's put something out in the air for Tipton slash Elwood that you would like to see. In uh, Tipton, I would like to see. What would I like to see in Tipton? That's an interesting question. And you um, have young boys, like, too. I think, like, I for know. the future. To be honest, more open-minded people. More. I mean, Tipton is a very rural city. Yeah. So that is the that mindset of you know the mindset I don't like in most people. But I don't know. I just. I don't know. People giving a shit about each other more. I think plenty yeah. of them do, but like, and I mean, I, I, I think it's more like everyone cares about each other in the city. Yeah. They're not like, they don't care about things on like a bigger scale. Yeah. They don't care about like, oh, the things that I do may affect like whatever. I mean, I yeah, know, I get what you're saying. But like, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a closed minded city. And that's what it is with a lot of small cities that I don't like. Yeah. Is it's like, you know, it'd be nice to have better culture, more like variety, other kinds of people, like even willing to live there in the first yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, So it's not just, we all are the same thinking minded people. So we do the same things and we can't ever experience something new because uh-huh. we're stuck in our ways. And that's how I think a lot of c- small cities are. Yeah. They're stuck. They don't ever want to do anything new. It's like, I don't know. Cause that's the thing. It's like, I mean, anytime something new would come to a city like these, I feel like a lot of times they shut down. And it's, yeah. even if it's like a new type of restaurant, it's like, nope, we're going to Jim Dandy. Yeah. And it's like, try something new. Like, it, you don't have to do the same thing every day. Yeah. You can learn new things. You can try new things. Don't just be bored with who you are. Yeah. And my, my optimistic side kind of sparks there where a small town has the ch- because something like real estate is cheaper. So something yeah. maybe a little more experimental can come in. Right. You know? Right. Or, uh, yeah. Or, so I hope that, or like, just in general, like, the amount of people that came to like my weird collage show because they know me. And so now if I like bring in an Indianapolis artist, hopefully they'll be open to that experience because they've already been to mine and they trust that. Right. I, and so it's that kind of wedging it in there to open it up. A little yeah. is just by like going and doing it, yeah. Um, and so I hope, yeah, I have the same hope that uh, people will continue to uh, open themselves up to new experience yeah. and not live so much by fear. I think going back to our early conversation about uh, you know, some of the problems we're having in this culture, it is a problem of culture and it's around a culture of fear, right? People are afraid of like the other. Or afraid of change, or afraid of being replaced, which I don't. It's like no one fucking yeah. wants to replace you. <laughs> like, right, like, exactly. no one. Who would want to replace me? Like, yeah. not, like you can have it. Like, yeah. well, I just, I don't know. I think it's it's just people in these cities. I, I honestly think most of it's just a routine. We yeah. do this every day. We go here to eat breakfast. We do this. We do that, and yeah. we, that's it. And I think a lot of people are satisfied with that. And routines are nice to get into because. You can shut your They're brain safe. off. You don't have to think. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. And, you know, what's, no, there's nothing wrong with doing something different or trying something new. Or It's like with, with like these small cities and like you love to do art stuff. 
Yeah. It's like, I honestly think a lot of these people are like closed-minded in small cities to some of that a lot of times. Not, and I don't want to say everyone because plenty of people will be sure. willing to, but it's like, I mean, honestly, that's probably what I'd like to be changed more than anything. The idea that you would be willing to try like, oh, this is poetry. Oh, because I honestly, I think in these small cities is the macho thing like poetry. That's a girl's thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, come on. Why <laughs> yeah. do you care? Like, like that's the funny thing. Like when I was doing pottery, my dad is my dad's like, that, that's like girl stuff. I'm like, what? Pottery? Why? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Making a bowl is a girl stuff. Like, <laughs> I mean, yes, women do it, but who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. If I could get rid of the whole macho attitude, yeah, that's what I do. The idea that, oh no, I'm a man. I have to hunt and drive a truck and uh, scream at women and be a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm going off on a tangent about people I don't like. <laughs> this is a good but... this is a great place to start ending. Yeah. No, I, I totally get uh no, if you obviously if you like doing the if you like your big truck and you like hunting, do it. Like but my dad you... drives a truck right. and my dad hunts, and those are what he like legit. But I don't do those things, and he doesn't give me shit for it. Right. And, and that's, what, that's what the way I it should be. And, but it's like, I think the problem with that a lot of times is you'll have, the reason people love trucks and everything is based on the tradition, based on the social norms of what a man should do and what a woman should do. Yeah. And the whole idea, I got to be tough. Yeah. I got to have my gun. I got to, it's like, no, why don't you just. But isn't that, again, doesn't that go back to a culture of fear? I think so. Why are you carrying a gun? Why are you. Have, why is your truck so big? Why? Yeah. Why are you? Why well, are you scared to get made fun of? What are you getting? You're gonna get, get made, made fun, fun of because your... you're you're carrying a poetry book as opposed well, to yelling I, Trump rules. I I've or something. I've baffled many of people. Yeah. Uh, reading poetry at like. Yeah. Uh, my dad used to make fun of me because when I used to hunt <laughs> with him, I would, uh, I would read poems in the tree stand. Yeah. And he was like, "You're gonna miss all the deer. They're walking by while you're yeah. reading your." Oh well. Uh, your poem. You should have read to the deer. They probably would have loved it. I, I did one we day. Might have scared them away. I do remember reading, I was reading a Lawrence Ferlinghetti book and I was reading and I hear like a rustle and I'm like trying to like cl- slowly close the book and, and I, and I look up and there's a deer right there. And so I'm trying to put the book away, trying to get my bow up and I just dropped the book off the tree stand and it like it killed the deer. Cra- it cra- <laughs> yeah, it killed the deer. No, it crashes to the ground and of course the deer runs away. No. And then my book's on the ground. <laughs> and so I'm like, um, but anyways, Zach, thank you so much for talking to me. This is, uh, I think this is a great representation of the conversations we have uh, and the way they often go in various strange ways. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about or anything you'd like to ask me? Or any, I just like to open it up at the end. If not, it's okay. Well, I'd like to plug uh, my new favorite book, BTS. Icons of K-pop, the unofficial biography by Adrian uh, Bezley. Oh yeah, would you like to take us out with a short reading? Yeah, I'll give you. A, let me tell you the best. From the this K-pop is a, book. Yeah, I love it. This is uh, my favorite piece from chapter seven, uh, called "Red Bullets." The city is in meltdown. An alien race of giant monsters is attacking Earth, and we are defenseless. Our only hope is a tight-knit team of superheroes. With their special powers, they might just be able to pull off the mutant invade. Oh, pull off! Might be able to fight off the mutant invaders. Fearless, self-sacrificing, and incredibly handsome, they also look strange familiar. Could this be BTS to the rescue? Thank you all for listening. Thanks, Zach, for being here. Thank um, you. Long live K-pop. <laughs>